I respect you. I respect your passion. Okay, I always have. I thought you was a fan too, man. I'm a fucking huge fan. What'd you pay for this? Real shit. What'd you pay for this right here? That's not a fair question, Kevin. All right? All right. Peace. This is Dr. Holmes. I'm back with Tony. We are going to discuss the recent film Uncut Gems starring Adam Sandler. Tony, good to see you. Oh, good to see you too, sir. So first off, I think the main thing to talk about is Adam Sandler's performance and what you thought of the idea of him being cast in this kind of role before you saw the movie and after. To be honest, man, before I saw the movie, I did not have much confidence in Adam Sandler playing a serious role. Like most people, I like Adam Sandler for movies like Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, and I didn't really like Spanglish and the other one where he's sad. So yeah, I was a little apprehensive about this, but after seeing it, man, he plays a really, really good scumbag. He puts in a great performance on this. Really believe and I mean I didn't have high expectations for it but he put in an award-worthy performance like you I had mainly known him from your Billy Madison's and the Happy Gilmore's which are movies that I love but they're definitely on the silly side but he's been doing a lot of acting this whole time I never got into his rom-coms either like yourself it's interesting to see different types of actors play I wouldn't necessarily call him a gangster character but he's definitely gangster affiliated Yeah. So he's in that world in that respect. He makes business deals with them. Yeah, he's definitely a shifty dude. He's (laughs) someone you would definitely go to if you needed an end to the criminal organization. Right. He had a really convincing performance in that respect. Yeah, definitely. And was similar to a mafia character in the sense that there is a purpose behind the things that he does, which is to take care of his family. At least he is, among the other things he's doing, actively trying to be a good father and family. That dynamic is found in a lot of mafia movies as well. Yeah, he's definitely in his world trying to do what's right for his family, even though he's cheating on his wife and risking his life over gambling on sports constantly with pretty much all the money he has. But he has that code of ethics where he thinks he's going to win, he thinks it's a sure thing, and it's, yeah, kind of that gambler's mindset too. But yeah, he's coming from, in his heart, a good place. But he's still a scumbag. There is a school of thought that says there's no such thing as right or wrong, and it's just... There's two sides to every action. So every action that you take, do you pick the side that helps you or do you pick the side that helps someone else? Yeah, that's You go in favor of yourself every time. And I'm not saying this is my personal mentality. I'm just saying I've heard of this way of thinking and it's a way of thinking that you find with criminal types. They sort of see everything in that respect. I am doing this for my family. Therefore, it doesn't matter what it is. The only thing that matters is that I'm doing this for them. I think you see definitely some of that type of mentality with the Sandler character and also other characters in the movie. There's some people out there who can even say he's even using like his family as an excuse to continue with his, in quotation marks, criminal endeavors. He says what he's doing, he's doing it for his family and there's, yeah, that mafioso code of honor where, yeah, what I may be doing is not right, but the ends justify the means. This is to make sure that my family doesn't have to do this in the future. Yeah, and to ensure their protection and all that good stuff. Yeah. That is a noble pursuit yeah. in most people's yeah. minds. That's so, the standard pursuit of, I think, any husband right. who becomes a father is, yeah, protect your family and make sure they have a better life than you did. Uncut Gems also some incredible supporting actor performances, particularly Judd Hirsch, who's always good, I think. But, oh, yeah. But uh, was great. And Eric Bogosian, underrated actor, mm-hmm. I think, also gave a great performance. I think we talked before about how the exact details of the storyline 
kind of what's going on between his character and Adam Sandler's character he is not really made 100% clear, I think, intentionally. Yeah. Would you say that's true? Yeah, you can't tell if he's the one that he owes money to or if he's just a middleman. You can't really tell what the relationship is beyond that, and I think that kind of adds to the mystery of that whole criminal element is you don't know really who's in charge, you don't know who you owe money to, and I guess that also does a really good job of showing the kind of risks he's taking with his life. You got this guy around you most of the time who you have really no idea who he is. You were talking about the goons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The two goons, one played by Keith Richards, right? But Okay, so you're talking about Eric Bogosian. That's who plays his brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. So he owes money to this family member. The implication is that it's the relative who's bringing the goons into the situation on his own behalf. That's sort of what's implied from the beginning. And then that sort of turns around at the end. Yeah. Which I thought was brilliant stroke. Yeah. You could kind of see it coming. They established, okay, the guy has a gun, take yeah. a gun out in this type of movie. You know what's going to happen, yeah. It was sad at the same time. Yeah. Because he won his bet. He could yeah. have maybe fixed things for a couple hours anyway. But that's the thing too is, yeah, he could have fixed things, but would he have fixed <laughs> things or would he have just tried to flip it over into another bet? Right, exactly. So I think the message of this movie is these type of characters, the uncertainty of their own lives moment to moment. I mean, it obviously is an addiction for him in this. Right, so would you say the Sandler character, I would say he's an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, it's not like the same way as like riding a motorcycle through a flaming hoop, but yeah, he's definitely going for a specific (laughs) kind of rush you get from literally betting extremely large sums of money. I don't know, I've never done either of those, but I'm guessing both of them are risking your life when you think about it. Yeah, a big part of it is not really caring about your own life too much. Yeah. So Judd Hirsch, incredible actor. He's been playing the 60-year-old man since, like, 1988. Eric Bogosian has a tendency to play sort of psychopath types. The angry looks that he gives Adam Sandler are pretty priceless. Oh, yeah. I don't know what he did to actually psych himself up for that, but he did something. And it was effective. You could see real hate. (laughs) It's like, like I am seeing hate. Hate here. Maybe there's a little something going on back there we don't know about. Okay, so you may have to go online and get an actual synopsis of exactly what's going on between Howard, Adam Sandler's character, and Arno, played by Eric Bogosian. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched the film more than once and uh, still not completely clear on that. Brother-in-law Arno is technically one of the many people he owes money to, so... That adds a little twist into everything, too. It's not like Arno's not his only loan shark. He's one of the many loan sharks. Yeah, well, there's a whole group of people after him the whole time, which is a part of the reason he has to live the crazy lifestyle of gambling to somehow do something about all of these people who are after him 24 hours a day. It's a crazy life. More people than you think live lives like that because those type of lives, they're never glorified. No, a lot of those businesses depend on people not really talking about them in public. Yeah. They, they want to be a private thing, yeah. mostly. By appointment and you get buzzed in yeah. and everything. That, like, that's a big part of it. Not that it's a secret that it exists, but it's sort of like, yeah, but make an appointment. Yeah, you it's, know, I mean, it's like, all like, about individual pricing for things, too. Jewelry in general, not even going into the darker shit that he's doing. It's kind of like what he's doing with gambling. It's kind of everyone always pays a little something different. And was he doing any of that stuff because he was in a 
adrenaline junkie. There's a thin line between doing it for fun and doing it because you need the money to pay somebody back. I think it's a little column A and little column B. Like, yes, he needs to get the money to pay people back, but let's be honest, from the character profile we've been given through his actions, any money he gets, he's probably gonna gamble again anyway. Even when he gets the collateral ring from Kevin Garnett, who puts in an awesome performance, by the way. Once he gets that ring, he pawns it right away to gamble it. It's kind of like he's always throwing himself into the vicious cycle. Even if he would have won, even if he would have paid off that debt, there would have been a little bit more money that he probably would have gambled and put himself in the same situation again. Great, and I think that's a message in the movie is that when you live that life, that cycle really never ends. Yeah. Until you are dead or sent to yeah. prison. <laughs> but let's be honest too, there's even some people who go to prison and probably still go for that same rush afterward anyway. Howard's the type of person where even if he would have been arrested in this movie, it would have ended up being he is in jail and gets himself into like cigarette debt or something. Yeah, he could have been protected. Yeah. They didn't really get into that too much in the movie. But yeah. He definitely seemed to know a lot of people and was tight with his family. It was quite heavy on the Jewish traditions and culture. Yeah, nice little crash course. Yeah, but they did it in a really nice way that worked with the rest of it and was not forced yeah, in just, any way. Yeah, it just makes it seem like a regular part of his life. Yeah, it was it's, just like, this is part of the story in the time frame of other things happening. Yeah. With all the other fucked up shit, so that, yeah. know, that part was tense, too, even though it was meant to be like a fun family dinner. Okay, Kevin Garnett. Haven't seen that many movies with athletes in them, but I've seen a few, but it's usually comedies. Yeah. I thought gave a great performance. No other NBA guy could have played that role except him, I think. It made it seem realistic, honestly. Like, like this he, is something that could have happened. Right. Because Garnett, he's deep. He's an intense-looking guy, want, man. Yeah, like, and he wants to get scientific, have every possible advantage, get really deep with it, and then pump yourself up before a game. I've seen him at Boston Garden and... <laughs> before and it was terrifying he would work himself up into a state really i've not seen any player ever do that yeah so he has a rare level of intensity and seeing him win in 2008 that's why his reaction when the celtics won is like so quoted because he was really the only player who could have had that intense a reaction yeah anyway garnett gave a great performance yeah, I feel if you put Shaq in there, this immediately becomes a comedy movie. And that's the only other basketball player I know who's ever acted. The character of Kevin Garnett can kind of be seen as a successful version of the Adrenaline Junkie. He's putting yeah, his he championship ring on the line, like thinking that this dude isn't going to lose it, like for... Yes, it's an opal, but I have a feeling that ring is more precious to him than that gem is. Yeah, but I think he felt confident that he would get it back, yeah. so he saw it as a fair temporary trade. Yeah. But that seemed like something he would do, too. Yeah. You know, it seemed believable. Well, you gotta understand, I love him because of what he did for the Celtics. It's just like whoever you love because the Cubs finally won. There must be some person that oh, you Oh, yeah, just, like, I'll be yeah. honest, like, I, I don't want to get like, too into it, but I think it's a guy who's not on the team anymore, Jake Arrieta. But no, he's also got to be... Be like you're Michael Jordan honestly too though like I mean Michael Jordan of course for me I'm a Bulls fan and without him you don't win the championship and they proved that a couple seasons he makes everyone around him play their best too that's the same thing Kevin Garnett does if he can get this enormous level of intensity it's kind of inspiring to the people around him 
Was there a performatively woke reaction to Uncut Gems, in your opinion? I don't know, because after the whole Joker thing, I kind of tried staying out of media criticism and just off of social media in general. I do remember a couple people complaining about his treatment of women because he's cheating on his wife and that he's also a Jewish stereotype because I guess he's greedy, as they said, but it's, I don't know, I saw more of his like a gambling addict than a greedy person. But did you have any of those same? There was some of that, yeah, in the similar vein as Joker, nowhere near as intense. There was some, yeah, we don't want this because the main character is Adam Sandler, full stop. That sucks. Give it a chance, like the same way you give everything else a chance. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Know? Like That don't... group is othering someone to feel better when they don't like when people are othered. Right, and the same thing was happening with Joker. People still putting down Joker, trying to turn it into an acronym for angry white guys. Go watch your Joker, white guy. You're really making a difference saying that. Yeah. I, know, I, yeah, like, but fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing the too point? is like, I, I think the main reason I didn't see as much either is because I've been trying to take in the news more than stay on Facebook and get everyone's opinion. And there wasn't a gigantic media assault. Well, you the were, timing of it and the way it was left out of award season was very strange. Yeah, that's just what I was about to bring up. You were saying that earlier that it's almost like this movie was released in time to not come out for award season. And you were saying that it's possible that it might carry over into next award season and actually do well then. I think that's so, possible. but I have to check the dates again. It may have screwed itself with the release. We don't know, but if right. it didn't, that'd be a great hypothetical where it's a movie that was released at the beginning of eligibility and ends up taking everything out, especially this year where we have COVID and everything's been pushed back so far. Every real release is not being released on time, being pushed back October or November or later. So I'm just saying it deserves the same level of consideration that everything else oh, is definitely. supposed to get. Like, I think it's, it's <laughs> better. Like, it was like... better than... So I can't even name some of the movies that were nominated this year, so... It's kind of a desert movies. out there. I'm pretty sure, like, an Avenger movie was in there. I know Star Wars came out because I'm a Star Wars nerd, but th that's not gonna happen. Just watch independent art house movies. And yeah, I guess. The, like, about white people struggling in the suburbs. That's a big theme, mm -hmm. yeah. Sadness, mm -hmm. loneliness. Uh, a, a marriage falling apart, that's a good one. You have depression, but there's mm -hmm. no reason yeah. for it. Sad that, white uh, people yeah. with problems. Don't be so uh, closed-minded to these type of films. I mean, oh, they, they just tend to be very very melodramatic. You can tell they're being made to win an award. Some of those people I don't even think care about awards. They're just independent filmmakers yeah. who want to make an artistic project. Tarantino was that guy at one yeah. point. He was chopping people's ears off. Van Gogh? Yeah. Okay. Getting people a Van Gogh treatment. What else about Uncut Gems? I really like the score and it reminded me of Vangelis, the Harrison Ford Blade Runner and Chariots of Fire and a number of other film scores. Yeah. It's obviously a legend. Very good kept in pacing with the storyline of the movie. Yeah. And I did see some people criticizing the score in their reviews of the movie, which I thought was odd to even mention it. Can't really understand that response anyway because the score was really well done. Yeah, it, I feel like it fit it. I feel like if I don't notice the score of a movie, it's great because it's so natural to it. It's not really pulling you away from the movie that much, but... Yeah, this was like that. Yeah. And it needed something like that because it was so much following Howard around while he goes from deal to deal and situation. Howard is, I think, the adrenaline junkie type who engages in that lifestyle in part because of his adrenaline addiction. He's in that business to take care of that mental drug addiction. Yeah, like I feel like that's and what gambling is. You're not addicted to the money, you're addicted to the winning. 
There's a lot of people who are adrenaline junkies and you would not know it. These people exist and I'm fascinated by yeah. them because I'm not an adrenaline junkie myself. I do like it, but it doesn't take really, really extreme things to boost it in me. So that's why I tend to attract adrenaline junkie type personalities as friends. Did Uncut Gems get any rave reviews? It's something that deserves to have a lot of great reviews. I, I don't know, I haven't been paying attention to him though. It seems like he'll probably go back to rom-coms after this. I it would know. be pretty cool to see him as, you know, one of those gangster adjacent people. It'll be interesting to see what he does in the future. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Holmes. This has been the Uncut Gems podcast. Check out our other podcast, Tony and I, Joker vs. Woker on Spotify and... And Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. So check that out. Tony, good to see you, man. Thanks for being here. Until next time. Oh, until next time, my friend. Okay, peace, everybody.